Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of On the Pitch presented by Deep Dive Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dom, and I'm joined this week by Chase. So, as always, it was a pretty eventful two weeks since our last episode. Um, much to my dismay, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was not made the permanent and forever manager of Manchester United. Um, he is out of a job, most likely will not get another job anytime soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Chase, what do you what do you think? Was it overdue? Um yeah, I, I think the writing was on the wall for quite some time, but were you shocked that they made the move um after the Watford defeat? Uh absolutely not. Um I, I, I I've always said that I think his time has been up for for quite a while. And I mean there's not too many managers in the world that can survive a a four one Watford defeat, uh, in my opinion. So I think it's, I think it was, it was late, but it was, a, it was a good time. I think, um, everything that's been leading up to it has just been defeat or draw after defeat or draw for a while now. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was deserved. Um, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, but I think you're definitely right. He needs to needs to rethink everything. And when he comes back into the game, because you know he will, he needs to, I think, take things a little slower, go down to a lower club without such big expectations. And I think he could, I think he could work his way up, but starting off on that man, you job, man. That... Yeah, it, it definitely seems like the cards were kind of stacked against him from the beginning. And, you know, I don't blame him for taking the job. Um, you know, he's kind of a club legend, played for some of the better United teams. Um, but... I don't know, to, for that to be your first kind of real managerial job, you know, I think the cards were kind of stacked against him. But, I mean, with that being said, like, you know, he, he got off to a pretty hot start um, and kind of started to falter towards the end there. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think he needs to go to, to a lower league. And I, I just don't understand United's, I guess, timing with all of it because he, he really should have been gone a while ago. And, you know, United would have a bad result and everyone would be calling for him to be fired. Then they'd go out and get a win or, or a draw and look decent. And then they'll be like, all right, well, maybe he's turned the corner and then they'd go lose again. And it was the, a boom or bust cycle with him. Um, but, you know, clearly they <laughs> they finally had enough of it. Um, so looking forward uh, to this team, who do you think could step in either um, – is an interim manager that could be hired on full time, or do you think they'll wait um, till the end of the season to name a permanent manager? And I guess who who do you think could fill that spot? Um, I think the the smart decision would be to try to get somebody in here before the end of the year, um, preferably as soon as possible, and kind of give them whoever it is a rundown of what they expect and what they're hoping to pull out of the rest of the season and then give them just a small transfer budget to January kind of work with. I think that would be the best option for them right now. Um, realistically, I don't know how quick they can get somebody in. That's probably what they're thinking is, is hopefully get somebody in as quick as possible. Um, but if they do get somebody in, I, I, there's a lot of managers, you know, I don't know, I should say actively looking for a job, but you've got Zidane out there. You've got Valverde out there. Um, you've got Luis Enrique, who just does the national team, and he's 
I think he said he's going to return to club football. So you've got some options out there. And Brendan Rodgers has been talked about a lot. Um, I, I think I texted you the moment it was official or before they, they called the meeting in the Watford. And I said I wanted them to bring in Steve Bruce. I think <laughs> he's he's I think I've seen some some people on Twitter kind of suggesting that they may be considering him. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody except for me and you would love that. <laughs> um, realistically, uh, there was the Poch rumor going around. I don't think it's going to be Pochettino. Um, I'd like really? Ernesto Valverde. I don't think it's going to be Zidane um, or Brendan Rodgers. It's probably going to be who comes in. If they get Brendan Rodgers, I'm thinking that's probably going to be on a, on a rest of the season deal and see where it goes from there. And then they'll probably look a little heavier into getting somebody with the mindset of only having a short-term manager. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to pull anything super big out of the hat. Um, it'll probably stay interim or Brendan Rogers is my, is my main opinion on that. Right. That's pretty fair. Um, when I was kind of looking at um, who was rumored to be, you know, kind of linked to the United job, I kind of narrowed it down to who I think are the top three candidates. Um, number one, I think, is Pochettino. He was United's top guy to replace uh, Jose Mourinho. Um, obviously, they weren't able to get him, so they, uh, I guess, kind of settled for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, you know, Pochettino was their, was their main guy. They got off to a, a pretty decent start with Ole, uh, so they kind of you know, put getting Pochettino on the back burner. Now I think they're going to do whatever they can to get him. I know he's he's at PSG right now. Uh, I've seen rumors that they're going to demand a pretty hefty fee um, to release him from his contract. So I still think that's option A if they're unwilling to meet PSG's demands. I do like the idea of uh, Brendan Rodgers. I think he's a really good manager. He knows how to build teams and kind of leave them in better situations than – uh, how we kind of took on the job. Uh, we look at what he did with Liverpool and Celtic. You know, we look at what he's done recently with Leicester. I know they're having a pretty down year, but we look at what they've done over the last four years and the, the growth of, of Leicester has just been, you know, pretty remarkable. Um, always competing for a European spot. Um, so I, I think United's in a position now where they need someone to kind of build back up the club. And I, I think Brendan Rodgers, you know, I think he's someone that could be up for the job. Um, but I think if they're going to go for that big name splash, I think uh, Sedan is definitely definitely the guy that they would want to go after. Um, it would definitely draw a lot of appeal from, you know, obviously a lot of fans, but also a lot of players as well, um, just because of name recognition and, and the yeah. reputation that Sedan has. Um, but regardless of who they sign, do you think that this is a team that can somehow improve and finish top four or are they kind of stuck in the, in the middle of the table? Uh, I'm never one to discredit anybody finishing in the top four, Um, especially with how the premier league has been the last couple of seasons. I think they could easily get it done. Um, I mean, realistically, I think anybody in the top seven or eight, probably has a chance of top four, a um, couple of results go your way, especially towards the end of the season. Um, and especially 
last season where it came down to the final match day to decide two European or Champions League spots at that. So, yeah, I think they definitely have a fight. Um, I think they need to pull somebody that's really going to get the egos together on the pitch. And I think if they can get that done and everything under wraps, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if title contender is the word for them, but top four is, is definitely going to be doable. I see. I, I kind of disagree with you there. I don't, I don't know if they're going to compete for top four. I, th- I think they're going to be stuck between, I think their ceiling is fifth. Um, obviously they got a lot of talent on that team. And I think the morale is definitely going to start changing within the within the dressing room there. But I feel like the, the last couple of weeks they've dug they've dug themselves such a deep hole. Um, I know the point separation isn't obviously it's not insurmountable. It's definitely a possibility, but I don't think it's likely. Uh, I think this is a team that's probably at best going to finish fifth or sixth. Um, they'll be lucky to get into um, a Europa League spot. Um, but I think going forward, if they can get the right manager and finally have some sort of a transfer strategy instead of just going and buying the, the biggest team that they possibly can, um, <laughs> I, I think this is a team that, you know, could definitely, you know, start to build a foundation of a team that can compete for a championship. But, you know, uh, until then, I mean, you can get the, the best manager in the world if you don't have a good transfer strategy and you don't, and you don't get the right players. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, you look at the United squad right now and they're, you see on paper, the team is loaded with talent, um, but the tactics aren't right. The players aren't playing well together. There's no chemistry with the team. Um, so it, it, if you don't have the right players, manager doesn't matter. Um, so I think obviously, you know, they're, they're going to bring in who they think is going to be the best manager, but without a good transfer strategy, um, both in January and in the summer. I don't really see this team competing anytime soon. Um, but, you know, as, as much as, you know, I don't like United, I, uh, seeing a competitive Man United is obviously good for the game of football and great for the Premier League. Um, so I, I would like to see them start being at least a little competitive. I have, you know, kind of enjoyed them being a joke you know, for the last, you know, couple months here. But, you know, it, City wins against United always feel a little bit better when United is actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's very true. And I mean, I have no doubt that they will put up at least a little bit better of a fight. I think, I mean, just given the fact that they have Ronaldo and what he did today in the champions league is, I mean, he's, he's a clutch player and pretty much guarantees you a goal. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I I don't I don't totally disagree with you. I think it's a, a, a complete possibility that they get capped um, at Europa League position or even below that this year, especially with how good some of these other teams have been. But just have to wait and see for sure. Absolutely. But moving on, um, you know, obviously we talked about United for a while, but what were some of the other takeaways that you had from uh, this last week? Uh, could be across any any competition. That, in football, um, Premier League, any other league in Europe doesn't really matter. Um, I think my biggest takeaways right now, at least, are, um, I mean, Chelsea's winning the league, obviously. Um, the best team in <laughs> We can football. agree to disagree on that one. Best team in football just destroyed Juventus 4-0 today. Um, <laughs> Barcelona had their first game, first two games under Xavi as head coach, and I think they definitely look a lot better. 
Um, still got a lot to work on, but they're definitely on their way up. I, there's a huge, there was a tremendous difference between last his first game and the last game with Komen. Um, just a, a tremendous turnaround. I'm, I'm excited to watch them play again, and hopefully we can get something going there. But I, my biggest takeaways right now are I think Barca is going to be on their way back up, hopefully. Um, Chelsea's looking pretty unstoppable. Um, Man City's looking unstoppable. I think yeah. just being Bayern, I don't know. They lost to a newly relegated sign in Bundesliga. Um, and I think they're going to have a lot of problems. Like we talked about last podcast where we were, we're talking about if Bayern is, it, it was the last podcast or the podcast before. I can't quite remember, but we were talking a little bit about Bayern and I think we hit the nail on the head where they're, they're focusing on too much. They're going to get stretched too thin. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they did all right in the, in the champions league today, but those are my three biggest takeaways right now. Um, what, what do you, what do you have for me? I want to, I want to hear what you got. <laughs> um, I don't really have any takeaways from any of the teams. Um, I, mean, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head, except for, you know, Chelsea winning the league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think my biggest takeaway is uh, Joel Cancelo might be the best fullback in all of football okay. right now. Um, just the, his, his performance this weekend was just, just absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know if you saw any highlights of um, that one assist that he had to Sterling, but it was, it was just absolutely amazing to watch. Um, you know, his, his run of form over the last pretty much this whole season, but really the last four or five matches has just been just world-class. Um, I, I think he's, he's definitely the best fullback in the world right now. Um, he just adds so much defensively and even joining into the attack, bringing in assists and setting up the offense. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to watch right now. Um, and definitely want to enjoy it while it lasts because runs of form like this don't don't last forever. Um, so he's obviously going to hit a little bit of a slump as every player does. But man, am I am I enjoy watching him right now? Moving on to the next topic, we have a pretty busy slate of games this week. Uh, we got Premier League as well as Champions League. Is there any matches this week that kind of jump out at you? Um, for me, the biggest match coming on tomorrow. Um, Man City versus PSG in the Champions League. Um, that holds a lot of puts a lot of beans on the table, I should say. Um, in, in the uh, not so much in the sense of qualification, um, because both are pretty much guaranteed qualification at this point, but it's not 100% if Club Bruges wins their game against Leipzig. So we'll see what happens, but. I like this matchup. Sergio Ramos could be finally hitting the lineup for PSG. Um, and I, that's, I'm so excited for that game tomorrow. It's, it's unbelievable. And then when you look towards the weekend, uh, there's not a whole lot of really good matchups going on. Um, except for Sunday, we got Chelsea versus Manchester United. And I am probably just as pumped for that game as I am the Champions League game, Man City versus PSG. But th- those are my two matches of the week. Probably everybody's matches of the week, but yeah. I mean, you just can't you can't not mention them. You know what I'm saying? I, I think a uh, a good shout for the weekend, one that's probably not looked at too often, is in the Bundesliga Wolfsburg versus Dortmund. I think that's going to be a great game. 
<clears throat> I like watching the Bundesliga. Wolfsburg is in sixth place, seven points behind Dortmund. Um, and the Bundesliga has been really competitive this year because um, we talked about Bayern hitting kind of a little bit of a slump in the Bundesliga. And, and there's some teams out here that have been – that have previously not been very good that are just jumping out of the floorboards right now. Wolfsburg so, um, has been regularly a top six or mid-tier table team, and they've been doing really well. So that's my not-so-looked-after match of the week. Okay. Well, we're pretty much in agreement here. Um, looking at, you know, the game is this week. Those are, you know, City versus PSG and um, Chelsea and Man United. Those are definitely the biggest games. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for this match tomorrow between um, City and PSG. You know, I'm excited for every City match, but a Champions League game against PSG uh, obviously is, you know, something that brings a little bit more excitement than just, you know, a, a, another Premier League game against, you know, <laughs> Everton or whatnot. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see not only Lionel Messi play at the Etihad, but I'm, I'm excited to see who Pep puts in the lineup. Um, he's been featuring a lot of um, players from the academy that have really stood out. Um, I'm not expecting any academy players to start, but I'm really interested to see how he handles um the attacking positions, um, you know, Sterling has been pretty bad. Uh, there's rumors of him wanting to <laughs> leave to go to uh, Barcelona, but then he yeah. starts over the weekend, gets a goal, doesn't look half bad. Um, you know, is he rewarded with the start of the Champions League? Do they bring Jack Realish back? I'm interested to see what they do with De Bruyne. Um, I know he's been out um, as of recently. He didn't play over the weekend. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see to see this game because um, I think PSG is going to be a little bit of a tougher opponent than what we played um, in the Champions League over the summer um, in the semifinals. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I got for the game of the week. But moving on to the final topic, um, since it's you know a couple of days away from Thanksgiving, what are you know in terms of football? What are some things that you're thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for uh, Thomas. Tuckle, but Fuchel, <laughs> as, as some would say, but. Um, Why am I not surprised? Yeah, I mean, when you have the, I don't even know how to phrase it, the most solidly defense, the most solid defense in the Premier League in the first 50 games under a new coach um, and the history of the Premier League, how can you not be thankful for that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, I'm thankful for it. Every day I get to watch a game, to, um, just to be straight up honest. I Football has always been such a huge part of my life, and I, I played it for so many years growing up through school. And I'm just I'm just grateful to have the sport in my life and that the Super League didn't ruin it. That's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm definitely in, agree, in agreement with you there. Um, I'm so thankful to you know be able to watch you know as many matches as I can um, throughout the season. Um, again, thankful for the, the super league kind of folding and ruining the <laughs> sport. Um, but I, I think most of all over this last week, we kind of learned that, you know, these players that, you know, these stars that we watch now, they're not going to play forever. And I'm really thankful that I got to watch Sergio Guerrero play well, um, while I could, um, got the news that he's retiring, um, you know, got diagnosed with a heart condition, and he's not going to be able to play anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm just thankful to 
have been able to watch him while he, you know, was a young star um, coming over to City, uh, winning us the league, you know, just bringing so many great moments um, in my life as a City fan. Um, you know, some of the, the best moments in club history, um, all-time goal scorer, you know, club legend, Premier League legend, really. Um, and overall, just, just, a, just a great person um, on and off the pitch. So I'm just thankful that you know, we all got to watch him play. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's one hell of a shot right there. Um, yeah. It, uh, a, a player of his stature, definitely. He, he, he didn't deserve to go out like this. Um, he definitely, you know, I, I, I really wanted him to get at least one champions league either, you know, obviously I wanted it to be with city, but you know, him not being at city, you know, it, it just even, even being at Barcelona, I just wanted him to be successful wherever he went. So it, it's really unfortunate that he had to go out this way, but you know, don't really have control over, you know, how things play out sometimes. So just kind of got to take life, you know, whatever hands you. Yeah, absolutely. Live every day. Like it's the last and that's exactly how he played. And yeah, absolutely. I I was, I was a little bummed as a, as a Barcelona fan to not be able to see him on the pitch more, but it's definitely health over game. And I'm sure he'll still be involved in the game one way or another. Absolutely. I, I think, I think he'll come to city. Um, you know, probably not as a coach, but maybe like a brand ambassador or, or you know, be involved with the club in, in some some capacity. Um, obviously, once he's healthier, because health always comes first. Yeah. But that pretty much wraps up everything that I had. Want to thank you as always for coming on for another episode. Of course, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, and thank you guys for listening. And as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.